So uh, I'm just so excited to welcome John Webster up. Come on, John, let's give him a hand. Give God and him the hand. We're excited to hear what God has given you. Let's pray for John. Let's extend our hand. I just want him, you know, he doesn't minister a whole lot, but you know, he's a gifted vessel of God. So Lord, I thank you for John. We just pray a release of the word inside of him. Holy Spirit, we just say, have your way. Be, be God in this place today. And God, I just want to pray blessing and upon blessing in John's life. Lord, I pray, Father, even things that maybe aren't even on his notes, if he has any, Father, that would just, just download them into his heart simultaneously, immediately. Thank you, Jesus. And Amen. Can everybody hear me? This reminds me of when I used to have a beeper. Well, thank you, Pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful to be here. I'm very excited. I had to calm myself down. Because it has been a few weeks, and I've been going nuts in my car. You know, I have an hour commute, and uh, I've been preaching to myself in the car. I've been preaching in the shower. I've been, I've been, I've been screaming and yelling. And and um, if 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 I can do that here, you know, preach the message I already preached to myself in the car, then I, I, I think it'll be awesome. I I do want to I do uh, just want to pray real quick. One of the kids, I asked the kids to pray for me in the car, and um, Dana volunteered after I volunteered her, and uh, she, she said something that, that uh, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I was looking for. She said, Lord Jesus, let your mouth be on his face. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what I need. So I had the mouth of Jesus. So thank you, Lord. Have your way. I, I, I know I have a lot of stuff I want to say, but what's important is that you have a lot of stuff you want to say, God. And what you say brings, brings truth, brings deliverance, brings revelation. God brings freedom, brings love. So, so have your way, Lord. Speak through me. Speak through me. And, um, and just have your way, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. So, baptism. Such an important subject to me for a lot of reasons, and by the time we're done, you'll, you'll, you'll understand why and why I wanted to preach on the subject. Um, and I'm so grateful to be here at Impact Church. First of all, I want to I say that because we ha- I don't even think we've been here six months and, and just the fact that you would let me come up here and share is, is just awesome because you're serious about equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. It's not just words. Like when I asked if I could share this message, the response was quick. And she was like, yeah, let, let's do it. You know, it wasn't, uh, we need to pray six months about it. We need to have a meeting. We need to, I need a detailed outline. Email me. But it wasn't none of that. It was like, yes, let, let's do it. And, and, and I'm just so grateful for that and so, so happy to be here. I want to tell you about my brother. My brother, his name is Ramon, Ramon Antonio. He got the Latino name. 
He died back in, uh, back in 2009. I was watching TV with my daughter. We were, we were actually watching Left Behind. And the police, well, all these cars started showing up in, in, in the driveway. And I was like, whoa, what is it? It was, it was at night, you know, it was kind of late. I was like, what are all these people doing in my driveway? It was three or four cars. I go to the door. I see some uniformed police officers, city of Concord, Kannapolis. There's a couple guys wearing suits. I open the door. You know, obviously, that, that's a scary thing. You're like, what's going on here? And then I knew this has something to do with my brother. They informed me that my brother was found dead on someone's couch. Just died on someone's couch. Just like that. Gone. And you see, my brother had been drinking heavily since he was like 13. And I was right there drinking with him. But I got delivered. And he didn't. Because I had given my life to Jesus. Many years ago, the Lord delivered me from that and a bunch of other stuff. But my brother, he had actually been saved a couple months at that point. So I'm, 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 I'm super grateful that I, kn- I know he made it. Because every time, for years and years, he lived with us. He was in and out of jail. He'd spend times, you know, he'd spend months. He'd go uh, long periods of time, sometimes without drinking. And, and he'd experience a little bit of, of, of freedom there, and he'd be okay. He was, just, he was an awesome guy. But then he'd go off, and he'd jump, just go back in it and drink hard. I mean, I used to take him, there were three or four times I took him to the emergency room because I was like, I didn't know what to do. I had to, I had to do something. I'm like, this man is killing himself with alcohol. This is my brother. He's killing himself with alcohol. I had a, I had a doctor in the emergency room tell me, I have no idea how he is not in a coma. His blood alcohol was th- three times the legal limit. They said, I don't understand how he's not in a coma. It's like it, it, God kept him alive. He would chug a whole bottle of liquor. It was insane how the enemy was just destroying my brother. And we would beg him to come to church. And sometimes he would, sometimes he wouldn't. And, and every time we tried to talk to him about Jesus, he'd say, no, no, brother, you don't know, please don't. He was always very respectful and 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 soft-hearted, but he would say, no, 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 don't go there, don't go there. You don't know what I've done. Like, like, that's wonderful, but that's not for me. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. And, and, um, but one day we had, back when we were still at Evangel, we had this tent meeting. We had an evangelist come, and my brother gave, finally, after all these years, finally came up and gave his life to the Lord, and he asked Jesus in his heart, and he, he, he said, forgive me, I'm sorry. And he knew, the, he knew the gospel was true. He knew that he needed to be forgiven, but he had never taken that step, and he finally did. And that was a couple months before he died. And, and so I, I know he made it. I know he was forgiven of his sin. I, I know he made it. I know I'm going to see him again there one day. And I'm, and I'm so grateful for that but it still hurt. My brother should be right here, right now, right there. He should be sitting right there behind Pastor Donna. He should be here. He should have his own awesome ministry. I miss him. My, my wife showed me a picture of him the other day. I hadn't, I hadn't even looked at a picture of him in years. 
And it, it just hurt, man. I miss him. So, of course, you know, he got born again, right? He, he responded to the evangelist. He came forward. He asked Jesus in his heart. He, he did those things we try to get people to do to be saved. But he never got free from, from the demons that were all over him. He never got delivered from none of that stuff. And so, of course, I have to ask myself, why? Like, what, what, Lord, what happened? Because if we're preaching deliverance and freedom and we're preaching the gospel and we read about how all the miraculous things that the believers did and how they were freed and how they, were, they, were, they walk in freedom of sin and all that, and, and we're preaching the gospel, but we're not seeing that in the people that we love or the people that we're ministering to, then something is off. Something is not right. We're doing something differently. If we're not getting the same results that they were getting in the book of Acts, what we read about in the Word, then, then sin hasn't changed. God hasn't changed. The Word hasn't changed. Human nature has not changed. Salvation has not changed. We must be doing something differently. So when you start thinking of all, of all that, obviously the, the best place to go is the book of Acts. To, because that was the beginning of the church. That's the example we're supposed to be following, right? That gives us clear direction, and we can compare what we do and what we believe to what's going on in the Word, right? And if, if what we're doing and what we believe and what, what's going on in our lives doesn't line up, then it's up to us to figure that out and, and line up with the Word and do what the Word says. It's not complicated. So first thing I wanted to look at is and, and just briefly, is there a difference? You know, there, there's so many scriptures on when you look up saved, and we use that, that terminology all the time. We say so-and-so is saved. So-and-so asked Jesus in his heart, he's saved, 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 saved. We want people to be saved. But what are we talking about when we talk about being saved? Right? You ask one person, they'll say, well, I'm saved from hell. You ask somebody else, the word says you're saved from sin, right? Jesus came and saved his people from their sins. That's what the angel told Joseph, right? Name the child Jesus. He's going to save his people from their sins. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So, yeah, does Jesus save from hell? Absolutely. But he really came to save from sin. So there's a difference there. You see, I believe with all my heart that my brother was saved from hell. In other words, that he was forgiven. Because when you ask the Lord to forgive you, when you come to that point in your life where you say, wait a minute, it happened to me. I'm, I'm not right with God. God's real, I'm not. My life is nothing but a big sinful mess. I need him. And Jesus died. I believe he paid that penalty. When you come to that realization like my brother did, I believe God says, okay, I forgive you. And we, and we see, like, for example, the thief on the cross. He, 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 he didn't do anything other than say, Lord, when you enter into your kingdom, please remember me. He, he, he knew that he was being punished justly, and he said, this man is not. So I think there's a big difference between being forgiven and being saved from sin. And my brother's a prime example of that. And it's not just my brother. It's everyone in here knows people 
that have asked Jesus in their heart, but don't look any different than everybody else in the world. You know, you, you, that, that the, the people that go to church on Sunday but live like everybody else, you work with them, you have family, you bump into them at, at, at wherever you go. There's, the world is filled with these people that, that don't seem to be real serious about God. Why? Why is that? We're not, we're, not, we're not doing what they did here. I deliver the mail, right? And, and uh, just recently, there's a lady on my route. She, she's very nice, always real smiley. She's an older lady. It's like a retirement community. So I walk around. I'm delivering the mail. It's a lot of fun, right? And... Um, She's always wearing, she's got cool t-shirts, you know, her, her, her Christian t-shirts. And, and, then, and then I go to hand her the mail, and I'm like, you didn't get no bills today? And she's like, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Right? I say, everybody got bills but you. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. I won't tell your name. It doesn't matter. But a few weeks ago, I'm delivering the mail, and she's got three little steps going up to her door. And I, 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 I look, and... Um, I see there's an electrical cord, and it's, it's like it's tied along like a, a, a foot up, just, you know, back and forth on the railing. I'm like, wow, I'm glad I, you know, I'm glad I saw that, right? And I'm thinking, what? That's crazy. Someone's going to trip and get hurt on this cord. Why is that there? And she had her, she had her uh, door open and the screen thing closed, so I knew she was home, and I knocked, and and I said, hey, there, hey, did you see this? You got a cord here. Someone's going to get hurt. This, this is dangerous. And she said, oh, I put that there. And I was like, what? And she said, yeah, I, why would you put that there? She said, she pointed to another apartment. She said, because she's been coming up on my porch, and I want her to fall. <laughs> this is the praise the Lord lady. And it was it was little it was little scary because for a second she had that psycho look on her face like like you know how when you're scrolling through Netflix you're trying to find something decent to watch and and you scroll to that that one documentary about the serial killer you know and you see the guy's face or whatever it was like that I was like whoa that's not Holy Ghost that's not God that's not the love of God it's like this. It's crazy. Old, old, older lady trying to, trying to trip up another old lady. Like on the concrete stairs. So it, it just, we see that all the time, right? We, we see that all the time. People don't want to talk about God. They don't really care. But do you go to church? Yeah, you see them pray before a meal. I see it in the lunchroom at work. Thank you, Jesus, for my food. But there's no... So... Why, why baptism? Why is baptism important? How could baptism actually make any kind of difference, right? After all, it's just a symbolic thing we do, right? That's what we teach. That's what I've been taught. That's what I thought my whole Christian life. It's just a thing we do. If you feel like doing it, do it. If not, don't worry about it. Or we'll do it next year. When the pool opens up, we'll make, it, we'll make it a fun day and we'll go get baptized, whoever wants to. But see, when you look in the book of Acts, it, it, it wasn't really like that. It wasn't really like that. So I want to explore that a little bit. 
Why? No wonder I can't see my paper. So the difference between, I think, what, what they did is, is pretty obvious. I want to read it. Acts chapter 2, if you want to um, turn to your turn in your Bible, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. I'm, uh, I'm going to be in the book of Acts here a bunch. I want to give you the whole message today. So be patient with me, but I got I got a lot for you to hear. Last time I was up here, I kind of I kind of I held back a lot and I kind of rushed through things and I was worried about the clock. I'm not worried about the clock today. So if you got to go, goodbye. But I I can't stop. I can't stop till I'm done. You're getting a whole enchilada. If you're fasting, I'm sorry I said enchilada. So Acts 2 38. Paul, we've all, we've all read through here, right? But Paul preaches the gospel. He preaches, he gets up, day of Pentecost, he's preaching to the crowds. He's, um, he's telling them about Jesus, right? And everything they need to know. And their response is, when, actually in verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and, Pete, and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Like, what, what is our response to what you're telling us? What should our response to this be? Like, what, what do we do to be saved, right? What do we do to be right with God? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But notice what he did not say. He did not say to all these 5,000 people, Okay, everybody, I want you all to close your eyes. I want you all to bow your heads. I want you to uh, 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 raise your hand. Okay, all right, I see that hand back there, brother. I see you, you you in the purple tunic. I see that hand over there. I see that hand over there. I see your hand. Okay, now... Pray this prayer with me and ask Jesus in your heart. He didn't do that, did he? Now, is it okay to ask Jesus in your heart? Yeah, ask him, ask him, yeah, ask him in your mind too. Ask him, ask him everywhere. He wants to come in and fill you up completely, not just your heart. So when we, when we do that, we're, we're producing people that have repented but haven't, haven't gone any further. Maybe they're serious, maybe they're not. Maybe it's just an emotional thing, or maybe they're totally into it, but it's repentance. And then they stop right there. Make sure you come to church, bring your Bible, bring your checkbook, show up every Sunday. But there's more. And the more, I think, is what we're, what we're missing out on. And I'm talking about the church in general, and that's why we're not producing the same kind of believer. So, so he says, repent, be baptized, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that, I know that a lot of people say, okay, well, baptism, it, it's symbolic. All right? It's symbolic. It's, it's symbolic. 
But is repentance symbolic? Is it symbolic to repent? Is it symbolic to get filled with the Holy Ghost? So why we have a symbolic thing in the middle just to confuse everyone? Does that sound like God to anybody? This is super important right here. Then this symbolic. And then this is super important over here. Make sure you do these two, but don't worry about the thing in the middle unless you feel like it. He would not do that. It doesn't make any sense. So it's important for a reason. So let's keep looking. As soon as I put my glasses back on. We're supposed to be like Jesus on this earth, right? The, the, point of, the point of the gospel is not just so you can be in heaven one day. It's so that you can, re, you, you can bring heaven here, right? Jesus said the kingdom of God is among you. The, the kingdom of God is drawn near to you. The kingdom, he's even said the kingdom of God is within you or in you. The kingdom of God, right? The word says that we're ambassadors of Christ. So when we get this, when we get this right, we're supposed to be like Jesus on this earth. We are ambassadors, so we represent that kingdom. We have access to the throne, right? We're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. God is in us, the hope of glory, right? Christ in us, the hope of glory. The word says that in, um, in 2 Corinthians 5.21, he who knew no sin became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's a fancy way of saying he became like you so that you could become like him. That's what that means. One John four seventeen. In this world we are like Jesus. In Ephesians three, I love that. I love the prayer to the Ephesians, and Paul says that. Um, He's like, for, for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how long and wide and high and deep is the love of Christ and how to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, or filled with all the fullness of God, overflowing with God. So when we preach the gospel and people get saved, if that's not what's being produced, we're not doing it right. If the church is not producing people that look like Jesus, something is wrong. It, it's that simple. That well, was the theme of the year. Let's be real, right? One of them. Let, let's, let's be real. If we don't look like Jesus, we're not doing something right. If we can't do what he did and even greater works, but the word says we, we can and we're, we're, we're supposed to, something's not right. If the word says, say to that mountain, move, and we're not moving any mountains, we're just whimpering in the corner asking God to move it, something's not right. 
if we can't do what the word says we can do, something is not right. And so what happens? We ask Jesus in our heart. We go to church. We try to, we try to be good Christians. Do you know it's possible to walk this whole Christian thing out your whole life and do it in the wrong identity, in the wrong nature, in the, in the old nature, and just be like a hamster in a wheel, not going nowhere, constantly getting beat up by sin, having moments of freedom, but then you back down and you don't understand, but I love you, Lord. I believe your word, but I'm stuck, and I'm like a hamster in a wheel. I'm not going nowhere. And then you can't, you can't. Forget about praying for the sick. You can't even get yourself right. Oh, it's flu season. It's flu I hope there's not a long line at CVS, brother, because I only got a few minutes to get my flu shot. It's not flu season for me. It's not. I'm, no. Do you want a flu shot? No. I just need Tic Tacs. You can't, even, seriously, you can't even go into CVS to buy Tic Tacs because there's flu signs everywhere. That flu shot, flu shot, flu shot, flu shot. We need to do the work of the kingdom, but we, we have to be the right person to do the work of the kingdom. And the, and the old man's not doing it. I'm not talking about if you're here and you're elderly. I'm saying the old nature cannot do it. So we ask God, we're constantly asking God to do what he told us to do. Lord, please heal so-and-so. I told you to heal him. No, no, God, no, but I'm not God. No, I can't do that. Oh, no, that's blasphemy. You, he said you heal the sick. Why? He's in you. You're an ambassador of Christ. You're a minister of reconciliation. You represent the kingdom of God on this earth. You do it. Oh, no, 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 I can't do it. That's the old nature. That's the carnal mind. That's the wrong identity telling you, hey, stay right here where it's nice and safe. You know, we have to die to that. We really, we have to die to that. And that's where baptism comes in. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not just a symbolic thing. We have to die to that old nature. You're not going to find your life until you lay it down. You're not going to truly live until you die. We read that stuff in the Word, and we're like, amen, amen, all right, all right, yeah, yeah, what's for lunch? You know, It's important. So, I know why I'm putting my glasses down. I need them. So, I want to look at a few examples of baptism. Let's go, please come with me to Acts 16. Acts 16, 25. Everybody there? All right, so. At about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Most of us are in bed by midnight. but And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. That's strong right there. All they were doing was worshiping, praising God. The jailer woke up, 
And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners escaped. That's serious right there. I mean, most people just say, all right, I'm going to get fired, you know, and they... But that that's a serious reaction. I guess because the, the Romans... The Romans didn't play, right? Because they were like, oh, oh, you messed up, brother? No, no problem. All I need you to do is just fall on your sword. <laughs> and then, yeah. So, Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Because he saw the power of God, didn't he? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. See, that's where people stop. Believe in the Lord and you'll be saved. Ask Jesus in your heart, you're good. But there's more. He says, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. It didn't just stop right there. They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Now let me tell you what to believe in. Then they went and they preached the gospel to the whole, his whole household, all his family, the servants, everybody who was there. It's got to be at least 12.15 by now, right? It's still late. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds Then immediately, he and all his household were baptized. I mean, like, this can't wait till tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon when, like, it's middle of the night. You know the water was cold. Immediately, immediately. Why the urgency? If it's just a symbolic thing, why was it such a big deal? It's the middle of the night. Earthquake, jail opened up, listening to this, the amazing news of the gospel, all this stuff has happened, and now we've got to get baptized? And it's just symbolic? The whole, the, the whole symbolic thing is crazy. Right? It just doesn't make any sense. It's an outward sign of an inward change. But we, shouldn't my life be an outward sign of an inward change? Shouldn't my life testify to what God's done in my life? So, also, I want to share another one. Acts 9. I told you we were staying in Acts. Acts chapter 9, 18. Nine, verse 18. Acts chapter 9, verse 18. So, Paul, this is the conversion of Paul, or Saul into Paul, right? We all know what happens on the road, and he has this encounter with Jesus, and they they take him into the city of Damascus, and he's there for three days, right? He doesn't eat anything. He doesn't drink anything. He's had this encounter with God, and he's sitting there. He's blind. He's just 
trying to figure this stuff out. And you know that whole time, Jesus, he already spoke to him, and he's revealing all this stuff. And Paul's making these connections like, wow. Because uh, he, he knew the law, right? He knew, he, knew, he, he knew the scriptures like the back of his hand, and it was all clicking and making sense to him. But he's sitting there, he's blind. God sends Ananias. Ananias is like, nah, I don't want to. God says, go anyway. He's like, all right, I'm there. So, nine, where was I? Nine. Thank you. Someone's watching out for me. All right. So, then, or I'll start in 17. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, he has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And then after taking some food, he regained his strength. He got up and was baptized. I mean, the man, had, he got baptized before he ate. He hasn't eaten or drank anything in three days. He still got baptized immediately. And then Paul, in Acts 22, when Paul is recounting that, he, he says something real interesting in uh, Acts 22, verse 16. He's talking about that that whole, that time, right? And he says that when Ananias, what Ananias was actually said to him was, now, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. So Paul, that's that's what Ananias said to Paul. Get up, be baptized, and wash away your sins. Acts eight thirty five. Acts chapter eight verse thirty five. This is um, we read about Philip and the eunuch. I want to, I'm, I'm showing you these examples because maybe you'll see something in a way you haven't seen it before. And I, I, I actually, I, I forgot to do this at the beginning, but I have this FedEx envelope here. Everyone's familiar with the logo, right? Someone showed me something in this logo years ago that I never knew, that I never knew was there. Maybe some of you have seen it, some of you haven't. But if you look carefully here, in between the E and the X, there's an arrow. You see that? You see the arrow? Has anyone ever seen that arrow before? You see it? There's an arrow. Right, I do now because I, I pointed it out. And that's the way the word is. And you might read something and, and you've read it a million times and you've never seen the arrow in it pointing you in a direction. You've never, you've never seen something even though you've looked at it a million times. I love that's how the Holy Spirit is, and that's how the Word is, and that's why we say it's alive because this Word is alive, and it'll show you stuff. So, sorry, I kept 
Philip and, and the eunuch waiting. Acts 8, verse 35. So the, 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 um, the uh, well, let's just read it. Basically, Philip, God has Philip, Philip go to the eunuch. The eunuch is, he's left, he left Jerusalem. He was worshiping. He's reading the scriptures. He's offering sacrifices at the temple. He's, he's on his way back home. He's reading out of Isaiah. He doesn't understand what, who is a writer talking about himself. And, you know, he was led like a sheep, sheep, a sheep to slaughter. And he, he, he's trying to figure it out, but he doesn't know. Holy Spirit sends Philip there. Philip, he tells him, walk, you know, uh, get near to him. And then Philip asks him, hey, do you know, do you understand what you're reading? The eunuch says, no, how can I understand unless someone shows me, right, Tell, tells me. So he hops up and he explains to him everything he, he needed to explain to him about Jesus and how he fulfilled the scriptures, and he explains it all to Philip, right? So in verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, or actually let me go down a little bit further. As they traveled along, verse 36, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? So he, he, they've been riding together. Philip has been explaining the good news of the gospel and everything Jesus did. And the man's reaction is, there's water. Look, there's water. What would prevent me from getting baptized? Why did these people want to be baptized so bad? And now, I want to be baptized now. I don't care if it's the middle of the night. I don't care if I'm wearing all my fancy stuff. I want to be baptized now. Why? Because they knew, because the way they preached the gospel and the, the good news that they shared was that, that you get to live this new life, that you get to be like Jesus on this earth, that you get freedom. You get free from all the stuff that's harassed you and, and, and messed with you your whole life, that you get this new identity in God, and people responded to that because they wanted that because that's the desire of the heart when you hear the good news. He's like, baptize me right now. Whoa, whoa, horses. One more. All right, maybe a couple more. Next one. Um, let's, go, let's go to John. Leave an axe for a minute. Let's go to John chapter 3. Um, let's start in one, no, sorry. Um, first one, Jesus teaches Nicodemus. All right, now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, We know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly, truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. 
Now, that's an interesting response because he didn't say, thank you, Nicodemus, nice of you to come. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, He said, he got straight down to it. No one can see the kingdom of God because what Nicodemus was describing, he's like, Jesus, I see the kingdom of God. When you speak and all the miracles, I see the kingdom of God. And this man was part of the Sanhedrin. He was one of 70 elders of Israel. He was a leader. He was a teacher. He was the one people looked to to get answers. And you know he had to be thinking, wait a minute, I don't have that wisdom. I definitely don't have that power. I can't restore sight to the blind. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm not hearing from God like this man. So he had to go see him and try to figure out. I think his his heart was in the right place. He wasn't trying to trip Jesus up. He was going to, to try to figure this thing out because he wanted what Jesus had. So he says, so and obviously Jesus knew that. So what does he say to him? He's like, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. So Nicodemus says, well, how can someone be born again when they're old? Nicodemus asked, surely they cannot enter a second time in their, in their mother's womb and be born. Ew. No, you cannot enter your mother's womb again and be born again. And even if you could do that, you'd still be born in the flesh and you still have the same problem. So Jesus answers, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. Maybe what Jesus was talking about, you know where I'm going, maybe what he was talking about and the water he was referring to was not the water in your mom's belly. And that never made sense to me. And it still doesn't make any sense. Why would Jesus say, unless you're actually born as a human being, you cannot enter the kingdom of God? It makes no, it makes no sense. It's like saying, unless you eat or unless you breathe air, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. What makes sense is that he's saying, unless you're born again through water, unless you die to your old nature and raise up to newness of life, you cannot enter into this kingdom. And guess what? He wasn't talking about heaven one day. He was talking about the kingdom of God that Jesus was operating out of, that was here right now. That's what Nicodemus was after, and Jesus is telling him, unless you're born of water and the Spirit, you cannot enter into this kingdom. You cannot walk this thing out in the flesh in your old religious nature. It's not going to happen. You have to be born of water, and then you have to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, the whole Godhead's involved in your quote-unquote salvation because we repent towards God, our Father, right? We're baptized into Jesus Christ. We die with him and raise up to newness of life. And then we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's all equally important, but it all has to happen. He's like, unless you're born of water and the Spirit, you cannot enter into this kingdom. Now, maybe you can pray a prayer and and be forgiven, and and you get run over by a bus, and bam, you're in heaven. He says, all right, you barely made it, but come on in. 
<laughs> All right, Jesus wouldn't say that. All right, Romans 6. I said I wasn't going to look at the time. I'm almost done. Don't worry, huh? 6 1. Yeah. Everybody there? All right, let's talk about sin. This, this, the, the, the biggest problem in the church is that it is still sin. And, that, and that's the one thing Jesus came to deal with. But it's the one thing that people still struggle with the most. And, and this is part of, the, part of the reason. And people don't understand that it's like we have all these debates in the church. And, and even, even going to school and, and studying certain things, and there's all these theological controversies and, and once saved, always saved, and this and that. But it, it's real simple. Like the whole once saved, always saved thing. If, you're, if you just repented and asked Jesus in your heart because you got all emotional, or maybe you were even serious about it, and that's all and you didn't go any further, can you lose that salvation? Absolutely. But if you do... If, if you repent and you're baptized and you become a new creation and you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you cannot undo the new creation. Now, you can, there are certain different levels of maturity, obviously, and we have to grow, and that's why we need to be discipled and, and learn and, and experience and do the work of the kingdom, and that's how you grow. But, but there's a big difference between one and the other. So, yeah, you can, you can, lose, you can lose that that repentance all day long because you can feel totally sorry about one thing and be doing it twice the next day, you know. But the new creation cannot be undone. So Paul says here, Romans 6, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. But some versions say that we too may be raised to newness of life. That newness of life is what's missing in, in, in a lot of people because we're not, we're not taught that or we're taught that you ask Jesus in your heart and all this stuff happens automatically. But that's not the case. It, it's, it's not. It, it doesn't just happen automatically. So you can be the Christian hamster in the wheel your whole life or you can do what's clearly laid out in the word and see totally different results in your life. I don't think there's anybody in here who doesn't want to heal the sick and, and cast out devils and cleanse the leper and right all, all all that all the signs that follow a believer. But you got to believe, and if you believe, you're gonna believe, right? You're gonna do what the word says to do. I, I can I can tell you, hey, there's a snake under your chair, right? You know how I can tell if you believe me or not? If you get up and, right? Okay, you believe. If you just sit there, then you don't believe. So there, there's, an, there's an action. There's, there's, 
yes, we're saved by grace, but we, we need to do what the word says. If you believe, you'll do what the word says. If you don't believe, you don't. One more. Mark 16, verse 15. Mark 16, verse 15. Mark 16. All right, so Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and and is baptized will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from sin. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. He's talking about those who believe and are baptized. Why do you throw the baptism in there? Because you have to be the new creation to do these things. It's that simple. And if you're not baptized, you now I'm not I, I don't know if you can become a new creation a different way. If you can just do it by faith, I I don't know. Maybe that 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 everybody can get in the word and try to figure that out for yourselves. But I do know that there's a simple way to be the person God created you to be and to be obedient and it's by Doing what he said. Obedience to the word is what we need. We do what the word says, we'll get the same results. It's that simple. We have to, have to obey what the word says. And we're we're weird about obedience. We really are. We're, We're just... It's like if you tell who, hey, how many parents we got in here? Probably almost everybody. Lots of parents, right? So you tell your, you tell, say you tell your son, hey, we got, um, we got friends coming over. I need you to go, you know, we got guests coming over later. I need you to clean your room. Okay? So then a couple hours go by, your son comes out of the room, and you're like, hey, did you clean your room? No. Well, what do you mean? What have you been doing? Well, I was in there memorizing what you said, Dad. You said, go clean your room. We have guests coming over. I even know how to say it in Greek. <laughs> go clean your room. We have Get in there and clean your room. Two hours later goes, go, you know, two hours later comes back out. Did you clean your room? No. Well, what have you been doing? I wrote a song about cleaning my room, and I want to sing it for you because I love you so much, Dad. And it goes like this. No, 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 I don't want to hear it. Go clean your room. Comes back out, you know, whatever, I don't know. It, it, it's crazy. We do that to God. I mean, we, we, we do. We do that to God. Is your room clean? Nah, but I made a list of all the things that had, need to have, that need to be done in order for my room to be clean. Look here, look, it's three pages. 
go clean your room. Like, we need to obey God. I mean, he, it's, it, it's just, it, it, it's, it's that simple. You know, it's like you obey your boss more than you obey God. And how long would you last at your job if you didn't do what your boss told you to do? Go deliver the mail. No, you do it. But we think somehow it's okay to do that to God. It's not. We need to obey the word. So that's the whole enchilada. Now, said that word again. I'm sorry. Now, Pastor Donna was telling me that we're gonna we're gonna make the baptismal available to anyone who wants to get baptized next week, right? And I want you to seriously consider, get in here and study it for yourself. Look at it and, and, and think, you know, hey, does my, it, it, you know, have I been struggling with things? Have I been constantly harassed and, 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 and attacked by the enemy? And, and, and have I not been able to make progress in certain areas? Could this possibly be it? Does, is this what's going on? You know, because... Maybe you think you're a new creation, but your life doesn't really line up with that. You know, wanting to be a new creation doesn't mean you are one unless you do it God's way. And that that's really what he wants for everyone. You know, for all of us to look like Jesus, to act like Jesus, to love like Jesus, to do the work of the kingdom. And in order to do that, we have to be that new creation. And, and these promises, the promises, one last thing, the, the promises in the word are for the new creation. You can't be in that old nature and think you're going to have this awesome relationship with God. He's not interested in talking to your old dead you. And it's sad because people pray out of that old nature and they try to have a relationship with God out of that old nature and they say, man, I'm not getting nothing out of the word or I've been praying about this for a long time and God hasn't answered and I haven't heard nothing from God. And it's like, it's like God's not, nothing is happening. And it's because of that. We have to approach God in that, in that new nature. And God's always talking to us and always sharing wisdom and beautiful things and, and telling us all kinds of amazing stuff. But if you're not in that new nature, you can't hear it. It's like when you call someone, it's like God's calling you and, you, and they get, he gets an answering machine, right? Oh, uh, I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. I'm off living in the flesh. Leave a message. And I'll get back to you, you know, when, when I become a new creation. So you have all this, all this, all this stuff, all these beautiful things that God's told you, but you can't even hear them. They're all, it's all backed up. You need to, you need to become new. So that God can talk to you and you can and you can have that relationship with God and you can share with the world. Amen. Amen.